week number seven in our 12-part series entitled, Don't Be Afraid of the Ghost. Don't Be Afraid of the Holy Spirit. Uh, We've been asking hard questions. We've been asking uh, questions that uh, sometimes make us, uh, that's kind of tough. But here's the question we've been asking for several weeks. Why are tens of millions, and in America, tens of millions of people claim to be followers of Jesus Christ? If that's true, then why aren't tens of millions of us changing our country? Why, Why aren't we penetrating and reaching and seeing revival sweep across our land if tens of millions of us really do know and love Jesus. Remember Acts chapter 2, 120 people waiting for the Holy Spirit to come and fill their lives. Uh, When the Holy Spirit came, those 120 were used to turn Jerusalem upside down for Jesus. It spread to Judea and then to Samaria And then it went worldwide. And literally those 120 were used by God Almighty to penetrate and turn the Roman world upside down for Jesus. So how come our tens of millions of those of us who claim to love Jesus and follow Jesus, how come the American church is so weak and fragile, and mostly fruitless if we have the very same Holy Spirit. And we've seen, if you know Jesus, you have the very same identical Holy Spirit that the 120 received in Acts chapter 2. Then we moved on to maybe an even harder question, uh, maybe a little more personal, a little more in our face, why are the six, seven, eight hundred of us in the Walloon Lake Community Church and the East Jordan Community Church, why aren't we shaking northern Michigan upside down? Why aren't we reaching? Why aren't we penetrating? Why isn't revival spreading over northern Michigan if there's six, seven, eight hundred of us who say we love, we serve, we follow Jesus? You've seen over the last several weeks, John 14, John 15, John 16, Jesus says there's this coming amazing present I'm sending your way. I'm going to send you the Spirit, my Holy Spirit, the third person of the Trinity. And uh, we saw in Acts chapter 1, in verse 8, there was the promise. And then in Acts chapter 2, the day of Pentecost, The Spirit came, and it came powerfully. And like I said, those 120 were used to reach and change their worlds. We've looked last week at Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 18. We're going to look at that again today. So so why aren't we reaching northern Michigan? Why aren't we turning this place upside down for the gospel and the cross and Jesus Christ? And here was our answer. The vast majority of us, even those of us who've been in church a long time, even those of us who know a lot about the Bible, 
most followers of Jesus Christ, most of the time, we're full of our own thinking. We're talking with, in our own clever ways. We're operating in our own energy and our own power. Basically, we're full of our old, sinful, selfish natures. Now, I realize we kind of put a religious cloak on it, and then we're nice, moral, religious people. But the truth is, most of us are walking around in our own energy and power. And in John chapter 15 and verse 5, here's what Jesus said. You ready? Apart from me, you can do... How much did Jesus say we can do? I don't think most of us are convinced of that. I I really don't. Because I think most of us, we're pretty sure I can still do some really good, nice, moral religious stuff in my own energy, in my own power. Paul did talk about that. He says all of that is wood, hay, and stubble. Anybody know what happens to wood, hay, and stubble in in the end, in the final judgment? What happens to all of our wood, hay, and stubble? Anybody? It is gone. It's, It's burned. There's nothing to show for it. And until we're convinced that apart from Jesus... Nothing we're doing day in, day out, week in, week out, month in, month out, year in, year out. All that we're doing and we're not connected to Jesus, connected to the vine, we'll have nothing to show for it. We can do nothing that lasts and makes an eternal difference. But the truth is, I don't think most of us are convinced that's true. The secret, grab your bulletin if you have one. If you don't, share with your neighbor. And here's here's the verse we've chosen as our theme verse, Acts 1, verse 8. Here's the promise. There's a promise from Jesus, and here's what it is. Read it with me. You will receive what? Some of you have not got the bulletin out yet, right? Okay. Here we go. We're on the front cover, okay? And uh, this is the theme verse, so we're going to read it together. It says, you will receive when the comes upon you. Was that just true for the 120? Or is that true for us today in the church of Jesus Christ? I hope you know that's the promise is for us. We receive the very same Holy Spirit that they received back there in Acts chapter 2. I've asked Pastor Andy and the band to stick around. They're going to lead us in another worship song. But I just want to show you, if you have your Bible, Ephesians 5, verse 18. Rachel has it up here on the screen. It says, to be filled with the Holy Spirit and do it continuously. In other words, that's a command. And it's a command from our commander-in-chief, Jesus, imperative, be filled, present tense, today, And the idea, it's a continuing verb. I get filled and present tense continue to stay filled with the Holy Spirit is the command from Jesus. Do you understand? That's the command. And it's a choice. Am I going to obey the command or am I going to disobey and do it in my own strength and be full of my old sinful nature? The next verse is very interesting. Okay? 
Ephesians 5, verse 19. It says, now that you're filled and you're staying filled with the Holy Spirit, speak to one another with psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Sing and make music in your heart to the Lord. A couple thoughts. There's a direct connection between being filled with the Holy Spirit and singing to Jesus. You tracking? There's a con- Once you're filled with the Holy Spirit, you're going to want to be singing and making music in your heart, singing psalms, hymns, spiritual songs. Matter of fact, of the five participles that describe life in the Spirit, three of them have to do with singing. So if you're going to get and stay filled with the Spirit, a big part of that is going to be singing. Singing, making music in your heart to the Lord. And if you don't feel like singing to the Lord, can I tell you something? (laughs) It's a sign that you're not filled with the Holy Spirit. Because when you're filled with the Spirit, you're going to want to sing to the Lord. You're going to want to make music to the Lord. There's a direct connection between singing and the Spirit-filled life. Do you understand? That relationship is strong. It's so strong, let me say this. Don't wait to Sunday to sing. I hope you're not just, oh, I can't wait to sing again, and uh, I can sing again on Sunday when they get up there and lead us. I'm telling you, then that tells me that you're only getting filled with the Spirit on Sundays. Somehow, some way, uh, on your, uh, your iPhone or your iPod or your iPad or your Spotify or your Apple Music or old school, your 8-track player, I don't know, somehow, some way, listen, you need to get music in your life, daily music that honors and glorifies Jesus. Don't wait till Sunday. Connection. And then it says... Oh, by the way, I want you to sing three different types of things. I want you to sing some psalms. What's that? It's music that has as its basis words from the psalms. Okay? Then it says sing hymns. I would argue that's songs that are more doctrinal, theological in nature. And we do have some modern day hymns that we sing. And what's that last category? And what is it? Spiritual songs. What's the root word there? Spirit. It's it's songs that are focused on singing and being spirit-filled. Focused on life in the Holy Spirit. And that's what we're going to do right now. We're going to sing a spiritual song. A, A song that focuses on our life that needs commands from the commander to be lived in the Holy Spirit. Would you stand with me if you're able? And we're going to sing a spiritual song to the Lord.
done. Thank you. Thanks for leading us. Ushers, if you want to come down, uh, I have an eight and a half page pamphlet by Pastor Ray Pritchard. Keep Believing Ministries, information, great website, lots of free, good resources. I encourage you. I'd like every adult, please grab one up and I'll tell you why. Uh, Why I'd like everyone here to have one and take one home. I suspect we'll have some extras at the end. And if that's true, you can grab an extra for a friend or a family member or whoever you'd like to have one. Three quick reasons why uh, I give this to you. Number one, uh, by the way, it took Jody a lot of time. We, we, we burned our risograph up, making 525 of them for us and another 100 for East Jordan. But I- anyway, um, first reason is because some of you are better readers than you are listeners. Some of you comprehend things a whole lot better if you read it and you'll retain it better if you read it. So for those of you that's true, there you go. This is a resource and it's written by uh, a different pastor, uh, one much like ours doctrinally, much almost identical, but a little bit different angle, a different personality, a different viewpoint. Second reason I give this to you right now is you can put it in your Bible and refer back to it in a month, in six months, in a year. Put it somewhere where you can refer back to it because we're we're not going to keep preaching this same series forever. And I promise you that for some of you, if you don't refer back to it, you're not going to remember this 12 weeks. So it's an opportunity for you to go back and review and remember and I'll say, yeah, that's a priority and this will be a great reminder for you. Third reason is down the road, I suspect you're going to run into some uh, fellow Christians who are worn out. They're trying to live the Christian life in their own energy, their own power, their own resources, and they've had enough. And maybe the Lord will use you to say, hey, I I just happen to have a little something. It's an easy read. Why don't you read this? Because that's not how we were meant to live the Christian life. We weren't meant to do it in our own energy and our own strength and our own power. Now, I recognize that whenever I pass something out a little early, here's, here's the danger. What is it? Some of you now for the next half hour, you're going to read instead of listen. And I I said, uh, we are going to refer back to this, but maybe it's better that you read than sleep, so maybe that's okay. Uh, But anyway, set it aside because we're going to stand now and we're going to go back to the focus passage, Ephesians chapter 5, verses 15 to 20. If you're able, would you stand? Let's declare out loud together, to one another and before our Lord, his book. Ready? Here we go. Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity, because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another with psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit. 
Sing and make music from your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Lord, what we just read, you've made absolutely abundantly clear what your will is for everybody here who knows your son, Jesus, personally. And your will is that we not get drunk and live in debauchery. Instead, your command, Lord, very clear, is that we be filled and stay filled and make the focus of our life being filled with your Holy Spirit. So thanks for your book. We don't have to wonder. We don't have to guess. Lord, now that we know what your will is, it's one thing to know it in our heads. It's another thing to actually live it out. So we're going to need your help. Would you help us to go beyond hearing to actually doing? Lord, I think we, we even need all that you can give us. We need your presence and your power to actually put this into action. So Lord, we don't want to be like those who look in a mirror and just walk away and do nothing with it. Lord, as we look in the mirror of your word from Ephesians 5, I'm asking that we'll make the adjustment needed and necessary in our lives to actually live out what you're commanding. My prayer for each person standing is that you might give us the nudge, the, uh, the kick in the pants, the, the, the conviction from you if this isn't a regular priority, a daily priority of our lives. So Lord, we're, uh, we're ready to understand and, and actually would you motivate us to live this out today? tomorrow, next week. And all the church family at Walloon Lake said with one united voice, you can be seated. God gives his gifts when he finds vessels empty enough to receive them. That's what C.S. Lewis said. I like it. God gives his really good gifts when he finds vessels empty enough to receive them. When our lives are so filled with everything else and we aren't emptying ourselves and ready to receive the good gift of the Holy Spirit to lead us and guide us, we don't enjoy that good gift. Another writer, Jack Taylor, said this, It may be said then without being irreverent that the Holy Spirit for us is the presence of Jesus Christ. It's true. When we talk about Jesus being with us, he's with us through the presence of his Spirit, the spiritual presence of Jesus himself. We are indwelt by the Spirit of God who is in the living essence that Jesus is in us. 
A spirit-filled life is a life of surrender. A spirit-filled life is a life of yielding ourselves to Christ's control. Another writer, A.B. Simpson, said this, I am no good unless I get alone with God. You might want to write that down. That'll preach, don't you think? I am no good unless I take the time to get alone with God. And I found that to be true. Jeff is no good unless he takes the time to get alone with the Lord and get fi- gets filled with the Holy Spirit. And frankly, that's true for all of us. We're no good unless we make it the priority of our lives to get alone with the Lord and get filled with his Holy Spirit. I'd like to offer you two illustrations. Hopefully, one of them will uh, connect and stick with you. I uh, borrowed some uh, gloves from the kitchen. It says these are uh, food handling gloves. So I I like it because it's kind of see-through and you can see what's going on. But um, I, I would argue that the glove all by itself is of little or no value. Matter of fact, I, I tried this a couple times, believe it or not, to see if it would work, but, but the glove all by itself holds nothing, right? Uh, it, it's really not much good for, you can't even kill a, a big fly with, with, with it, not very well anyway. It, it's really kind of useless. And, and I would argue that the hand is to the glove what the Holy Spirit is to the follower of Jesus Christ. Tracking with me? The hand is to the glove what the Holy Spirit is coming into our lives every day. Now, some of you, you haven't even been convinced that you even have the gift of the Holy Spirit. Here's what you need to know. This is what the book says. This is what our instruction manual says. 1 Corinthians 12, 13, Acts 16, 31, Ephesians 1, verse 14, Luke 11, verse 13. You ready? If you know Jesus personally, if you've said, yes, I believe, I receive, then the Holy Spirit has come into your life. You've been baptized by the Holy Spirit. Remember, baptized once, filled over and over and over again. That's good theology. That's biblical doctrine. Baptized once, but I'm filled over and over and over again. Now you put the hand in the glove, and now there's strength. Now there's energy. You can hold. You can move. There's power. Let me give you a verse. Second Timothy 1 and verse 7. And usually when we look at this verse, We're thrilled with the fear part, the victory over fear. 2 Timothy 1.7, For God gave us a spirit not of fear. I won't ask how many of you at times are really fearful people, but uh, a lot of us, and it says, No, he gave you power, love, and self-control, and we're all focused on the fear and the power and the love and the self-control. Give me your eyes. But you need to understand, where does the victory come over fear? The victory comes from the Holy Spirit. The Lord gave us the power 
over fear. And it's when the Holy Spirit is alive and moving and active in your life and mine. It's when the Holy Spirit is filling our lives that suddenly fear is driven out. Are you tracking with me? So let me just say a couple things. When you're feeling fearful, it's, a, it's the sign that you're not filled with the Holy Spirit. When fear is ruling and reigning and controlling your life, that's not a sign of the Holy Spirit alive and filling your life. And secondly, you want to get victory over fear? <laughs> then start making getting filled with the Holy Spirit the priority. Because the way that fear gets driven out is when the Holy Spirit comes in and, and now replaces it with power and love and, and right thinking. That comes when I'm filled with the Holy Spirit. Make sense? You've got to get the hand in the glove. You need to get the Holy Spirit. That's where power, love, and right thinking and self-control comes from. Illustration number two. I'm thirsty. I wake up in the morning. I need to get filled with the Holy Spirit. And oh, by the way, John 7, 37 to 39, it pictures the Holy Spirit as being streams of living water that flow from within. And in case you were wondering, he continues on and he says, oh, and by this, John says he meant the Holy Spirit. So another picture of the Holy Spirit is you need to get your life filled with living water, streams of living water. That's the priority. I need to obey the command. What's the command? Be filled with the Holy Spirit. True story. Last week, took some time early on, and that's, that's the way to start. Early in your day, take the time, work through the steps, and we're going to go through the steps in a minute, and get filled with the Holy Spirit. So I did that, and I'm filled with the Holy Spirit, and me and me and Jesus, and, and I'm splashing, and now I need to drive into town. So I've got some worship music uh, on my iPhone, and it's plugged in, and I'm blasting it. Okay, do you understand? Uh, Anyway, I like loud music. My kids always say, Dad, turn it down. And I always say, that's wrong. That's wrong. Parents should be telling kids to turn it down. The kids shouldn't be telling the parents. But that's a different story. Um, they think there's a lot of hearing loss from too loud of music. But anyway, uh, so I'm singing. I'm full of the Holy Spirit. I'm enjoying. And I'm driving on 131. I'm going into town. And, and I'm going the speed limit plus just a little bit. Um, do you understand? Uh, but I'm still full of the Holy Spirit. It's not convicting speed. Just a little bit over. Okay, so I'm going in and I'm... <laughs> you understand. Uh, it's that five mile per hour rule. Okay, I was in, I was in the safe zone, you know, non-conviction. But anyway, I'm singing to the Lord. I'm filled with the Holy Spirit. And, and then I'm going and suddenly there's a driver, I, I'm telling you, like 100 feet from me. And they pull out right in front of me, and I have to slam on the brakes to avoid rear-ending this person. Okay? And then, and then we've got several miles to go before we're in Petoskey. This person decides they're going to go 40 miles an hour all the way into Petoskey. Okay. A couple thoughts. Uh, I wish, I wish 
that I would have said, oh, Jesus, bless this dear driver. They must have some impairment going on. Uh, They have no fear of death. So please protect this person, Lord, uh, and bless them this day. And thank you that you slowed me down and I get to sing a little longer. I wish, I wish, I wish that that was how I responded. You want to know how I responded? Uh, I I instantly, I'm just telling, I'm full of the Holy Spirit. I'm worshiping with with elevation worship, I promise you, Bob. and And I'm singing along with them. And instantly, here's what happens. Just like this. Don't worry, it's water. It'll, it'll dry. We've had lots of water on the carpet this week. It'll dry. But here, instantly filled with Jesus, filled with the Spirit, I'm empty. <laughs> and I'm saying some really ugly things about this driver. Um, I think the first word that came out was jerk. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Where did you get your license? And I went on from there. I had lots of other things to say. So, so suddenly now the, uh, the hand is out of the glove, uh, I'm on empty, it's not good, it's not good. So here's my question, how on earth can you go to worshiping and praising Jesus, filled with his spirit, to yelling and screaming and being angry at another driver and just like that? I'm just telling you, it happens. I know that because it just happened. That was a true story. So now, now I'm empty. I'm, I'm, I'm empty of the Holy Spirit. I'm filled with sarcasm. I'm filled with impatience. And it's just not a good thing. So um, what am I going to do? What am I going to do now? So we're going to spend the rest of our time. I'm going to give you uh, four steps, but I'm going to do it in the way that I do it. And the way I did it last week. So now I'm empty, and it's ugly. My, my mouth is filled with, with ugly, empty uh, words. And now, Lord, what do I do? And we're going to kind of just work through this uh, where I am. I'm going to use my goofy personality, okay, because that's all I got. Uh, these principles will work for you. You just flavor it with your personal brand of weirdness, okay? So you do it your way. This is how... but. The idea is you need to get the main idea and make it your own. Make sense? Okay, here we go. Step one, what did I need to do? I needed to recognize that I need to be refilled with Holy Spirit. So whether it's filled the first thing in the morning or now you were filled and now you, you drained the tank, now I need to go get refilled. Lord, I'm... <laughs> I'm just acknowledging I've lost patience, and I'm yelling, and I'm getting ugly with my words. Uh, and for me, that's the surest sign. If I just listen to myself, I can quickly tell, am I full of Jesus or am I full of old Jeff? It's old Jeff. It's old Jeff. Uh, Andrew Murray, uh, an old pastor from uh, a long time ago, here's how he expressed it. You want to say it with me? It's a great little prayer. There it is. O God, say it with me, for thy sake. O God, for thy church's sake. O God, for the sake of the world, help me. I must be filled with the Holy Ghost. 
I must be. Because this empty, this empty old Jeff stuff is awful. And I know if I just keep hanging this way, I'm going to walk around, I'm going to drive around, I'm going to come home to my wife. It's going to be bad. It's going to be bad for, for the staff if I come into church that way. Lord, I'm empty and I need your spirit to take charge again. That's the first step. Writing it down? Here we go. You're here. You might as well remember, recognize your need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Step number two, confess all known sin. And for me, that was pretty obvious. (laughs) That sin that drained me was the sin of impatience. What does that mean? Impatience, it's all about me. Who does this person think they are? They're slowing me down. They're going to make me take an extra three minutes to get to Petoskey. Who do they think they are? What about me? What about my needs? What about my rights? What, what about what I want to do? You understand? <laughs> that's, that's impatience. That's, that's one of my uh, fatal flaws. And, and now I, Lord, need to once again confess the sin of impatience, which brings out ugly words, which brings out sarcastic words, which brings out wrong attitudes of this inconsiderate driver, amen? So in my mind, I think I'm a little right, but now I'm realizing I'm a lot wrong. It doesn't really matter if someone else provoked, it was my response that I'm responsible for. Do you understand? We like to blame, well, I wouldn't have done it if, no, it was your response to their behavior that you're responsible for that I'm responsible for. So now I I can either argue and blame and ignore and excuse, and I'm pretty good at all those. How about you? Or I can say, I don't want to keep on this way. I'm going to do the U-turn. I'm going to repent, and I'm going to run to the cross. And once you get to the cross, 1 John 1, verse 9 is huge. Okay, so I, I just need to go, and I need to get there. And what does First John one nine say? What does it say? If we confess our sin, Jesus is faithful and just to forgive our sins, to cleanse us from all unrighteousness, all the the unrighteous things you just thought and said, Jeff. If you'll write the check of confession, what does that mean, Lord? I'm going to write it right down there. You call that impatience, you call that sarcasm, and usually for me, sarcasm equals sin, Uh, uh, and and I'm asking, Lord, that as I write that check, you've already marked my account paid in full by the blood of the Lamb, I'm drawing on that account, wash and cleanse and purify. I want to be back in right relationship with you. So I need to confess all known sin and get my mouth in my mind, washed and cleansed and purified. Okay? Step number three. Step number three, yield your life to Jesus and his spirit. Yield your life to Jesus and his spirit. Right now, the Lord is pretty obvious that I've literally shoved you out the driver's side door. You got that picture? Okay? What I actually did was I took Jesus and I shoved him out the driver's side door. Thankfully, uh, you can't kill Jesus, so he's holding on. Uh, but now I'm driving. I shoved him off the throne, and now I'm sitting on the throne, and I think I'm large 
and in charge, and that's always a bad place for Jeff to be. Right now, Jesus, would you come back? I need you to come and drive again. I need you to come and sit on the throne again. Lord, I need you to lead and guide and direct me right now. And step number four, ask the Lord to fill you with his spirit. Ask the Lord, Lord, come fill me up to the top with your spirit. And for me, uh, the best picture I got is, is John seven thirty seven to 39. Lord, I'm empty and I'm coming and I'm drinking from you, Jesus. Fill me to the top with streams of living water. And now I need to, to be filled so I can splash, splash on everybody I come in contact with. And you know who needs the most splashing from us? Look at me. Your family. Start with your spouse if you're married. Start with your parents. Start with uh, your friends. Start with your brothers and sisters. Start with your grandparents. Start with the people that you say you love the most. Splash on them. They need to see the fruit of the Spirit alive and active in your life. And we'll talk about what that fruit looks like. How can you identify good fruit? How can you identify bad fruit? That's coming. We'll get there, okay? But the people around you desperately, especially your family and then your friends and your coworkers and the people you go to school with, they need to see Jesus in you. You want to know why kids don't walk with Jesus? This, this is going to hurt a little bit. Pick up your toes. Because we're walking around in the flesh. We walk around in old sinful Jeff, and if I do that regularly... Why would my children want to follow that? And they don't. <laughs> and they won't. And we wonder, why, why aren't they wanting this Jesus? Because you're not living the life of Jesus and his spirit regularly, daily in your life. Why would I want that? And they don't. Instead, they need to see our lives filled, the, the gas tank filled, and keep it on full. Would you find that pamphlet that got passed out? I want you to go to the very last page of that pamphlet, How to Be Filled with the Holy Spirit. Okay, page 9, and he closes with a prayer. Uh, and again, it's a sample prayer, and it's not like this. there's magical abracadabras in this prayer, but I love the meaning and the heart represented behind the prayer. Consider this like training wheels. And if you don't really know how to pray this prayer and get filled with your spirit, let, this can be your training wheels for a while. And then after a while, you won't need the training wheels, right? Uh, you, can just, you can drive and pray this prayer on your own with your own words. But here we go. Holy Father, would you say it with me? Holy Father, I ask you to fill me with your Holy Spirit so that I might live a life pleasing to you. I want my life to bring glory to the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm empty, and I need to be filled. Thank you for forgiving my sin through the death of your Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you for sending the Holy Spirit to indwell me. Please empower me so that I can be salt and light in my world. I pray this in faith, believing that you'll answer my prayer as you've promised. In Jesus' name. Amen. Lord, would you break through to us in your church? Would you break through and convince us the necessity, the priority, the urgency 
for us who know your son Jesus Christ personally, to start daily living out this command to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Lord, it's been my prayer for several months now that you might raise up 120 people here at the Walloon location and at the East Jordan location that would make this the priority of their lives to get filled daily and then refilled with your Spirit. Use us, Lord. Start with me. It's in Jesus' name we pray.